today is from Genesis chapter 3, verses... There we go. Our scripture reading today is from Genesis chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. That ends the reading. Church. Good morning. And hello to those online, those that will watch us later. Hello to you as well. It's great to be in worship here today. I may be a little giddy after some football games yesterday because that's right, tomorrow's gonna be a good day. And I'll enjoy it for one week before they blow it. So that's what's gonna happen. And so, you know, that's how it goes. But uh, uh, I, I, I chose not to wear the tie today. I chose just to be good. So calm it down. But I do want to just uh, welcome you again here today and to be in worship with us. Uh, we are ending a sermon series. Aww. Aww. You know, I was thinking about this this morning, and I was thinking, you know, I wonder if there's ever been a pastor that said that, like, hey, today's the last day of the sermon series, and the church was like, encore, 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 right? So maybe one day, before I leave, you know, one day, you know, whatever, someday down the future, maybe one day that will just, yeah, so we'll see. But uh, uh, as far as I know, I don't know if that's ever happened. But we've been looking at creation, and you say, why? And, and the reason why is because I really had an experience of going to Disney World not so long ago with the family, and had an experience of just realizing how much it's going to take for our world to kind of get back to just going and being what kind of some of what it was. Now, of course, it's never going to go back to exactly how it was, but some of those good things that we were now losing, it became so apparent to me, not only through Disney World, but every time I go through a drive-thru, or last night even I went to the hockey game with the family, and just some of the experiences that you have with people, and just common everyday people that used to be friendly, and you know, kind of almost jovial, and just kind of excitement, feels not the same anymore. And in fact, it feels very much this drag on you. It feels like this, this emotional just pull down kind of thing. And we've been talking about what it means to create again a world where there's life, where there's joy, where there's ability to see a stranger and take delight in just being part of something together, like a hockey game or Disney World or just the food line or whatever it is that you're in. And we've been talking about creation in different ways of trying to create that. And we first of all just First week talked about the God is powerful and that we looked at the very beginning of creation and how God was not moved by the waters, but God moved those dark waters of chaos and that he did it without fighting, without doing anything, just his power alone and the speaking made creation happen. We looked at how not only creation of our God, but the next week looked at really how God created us to be in his image. And so all of us are creators and part of redeeming the world is us using those creative powers in such ways that we use our creation to actually bless this world and bless others. And of course, if you've ever been to an art gallery that is something that moves you and you just stand before some work of art, you've known that power of creation that makes you not only introspect yourselves, but take joy in what is true in our world and what humanity experiences. You know, well, a week after that, we talked about the power of speech and how not only we're we supposed to be creators, but specifically just like God, 
If we're made to be in the image of God, how did he, you know, talk or do what did he do over those dark waters? He just spoke. And we talked about the power of speech and using our words as a blessing and to really uplift others and to create a world just by the words we use and those around us, especially those we come in contact with person to person. And today, you might wonder what the world is going on with the reading, but we're finishing it out with what I call the quest. And here is the quest here today. So when we went to Disney World, we got day one. You know, you get off the plane, you get there, you're super excited, and it's, it's day one of Disney World. And so we got the kids all riled up, we're all pumped up, we're ready to go do things. And, uh, you know, this is, well, day one's a travel day, I guess to say. But, you know, day, true day one, where you're actually like at Disney World doing things. But we went to Hollywood Studios, which, you know, is one of the theme parks down in Florida. And uh, we're so excited. We got the kids all excited. They're ready to go. We're getting Disney World. We're going. Da, 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 da. And everybody's super excited. And we get in the park and we take our, you know, picture or two and get all through there. And, uh, the, you know, on the way there, they have this new thing called the Skyline, which if you get a chance, ride the Skyline. It's like one of the best. It's not even supposed to be like a ride, but it's like one of the best rides in the whole entire thing. And uh, we had such a fun time on that. But we got to the park, got in. And uh, we're noticing there's, you know, apps you have now. So you look up the app and you see, like, the times, waiting times on everything. And everybody had already gone to Toy Story World. So we're like, okay, let's not go there. Let's do something else. So we go over to Lightning McQueen. And we get in line. We're waiting to open for the next to go in and all that stuff with all the people around us. And they come out and they go, hey, guys, we're sorry. Uh, something happened. Like, there's a, something, something broke on the thing. We don't know when it's going to open yet or not. Uh, we highly suggest you go enjoy the rest of the park. But if you want to stay, you can stay, which, of course, is code word for it's going to be broke for a while. Please leave. Go do something else. Come back later. And so we're like, oh, so that was kind of a bummer. So the kids are kind of bummer. We're like, all right, no problem. All right. Stuff happens, whatever. Let's go on to the next thing. So we walk back over. We're going to go to the, to Mickey's Runaway Railroad, right? And so on the way there, we notice in the app, it tells you Mickey's Runaway Railroad. Oh, it's broken. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, kids, we'll do that later. We'll come back and do that later. It's okay. Let's keep going. Oh, look, there is a, a wonderful uh, sing-along Frozen show. Why don't we do that? And we get there, and the one had just started. They just closed the doors, and so we were going to have to wait 30 minutes. And then the show itself was another 30 minutes, and we had to schedule. You know, when you get to Disney World, you got to make your reservations for all your eating places. So we had, like, reservations to go eat. It wasn't going to make it in time. So we're like, okay, kids. <coughs> all right. I promise this is going to be fun. Really, this is Disney World. This is a good time. I promise. But we got to go over here and eat. And so we walked over, and then there was, like, the Muppet Show 3D Theater right by where we were going to eat. And we were like, oh, well, that's, like, I don't think it's that long. Yeah, so we walk up, and the people are there, they got like, you know, little puppets, they go, hey, uh, we're sorry, um, this is actually like broken, broken, like it's not going to open today, like at all, like, sorry about that, I hope you have a great day on stuff, and we're like, okay, kids, really, this is fun, I promise, like, this is a great time, we're going to have so much fun, we got the whole rest of the week after today, because it's just, you know, and so we go, and we eat, we have, you know, a decent time, and of course, when you're with four-year-olds in 90-something-degree you know, heat in Florida, like, which I'm not used to, they're just you know, getting to the point of, you know, not only we're not doing fun things, but it's just hot and sweaty. And so we, you know, we've already had to stop and buy a bunch of drinks just to kind of get them going and all that stuff. And so we come out and we look at each other. And that morning, uh, there's, this cool, there's a new hottest ride in Disney right now is, is the Rise of the Resistance, which if you're a Star Wars fan, it's a lot of fun. Right? You get on it, there's this whole ride with Star Wars thing and all that stuff. But you can't get a ticket, right? Like, there's no, there's no standing in line. Well, there is now. But when I went, there, we, we, you couldn't stand in line. You had to get on the app by like 6 a.m. in the morning. At like, well, not 6 a.m. It was technically the, the word was you had to get on 5:59 and 53 seconds, I think, is what it was, to just have a chance to get a spot. And Kelly that morning 
all-star Kelly that she was, got, got two tickets to Rise of the Resistance that we got in a queue, if you will. And my queue spot was like 260, and Kenzie's tall enough, so she, Kenzie and I were gonna go ride it together and all that stuff. And, and we're, we get there, and you know, so we're at, right at lunch, and we start looking, and we notice, huh, the queue line is still on like number 10. And then we read the little thing, broken. Not knowing when it's gonna open. We're like, it's like a five-hour wait, according to what it says, like if the queue was working perfectly at this point. So we're like, all right, well, we're here the whole day. We'll stay till the, you know, when it actually closes. So we got till 9 o'clock at night. Maybe, just maybe, it will open up and start working again. And throughout the day, it kind of kept opening and coming back forth, but it kept sporadically shutting down and all stuff. So it was like, we're clocking. Clock so we're like, all right, kids, <clears throat> I promise. Disney World is really fun, right? We're going to do all this really fun stuff. There's going to be lots of things to do. Uh, so we were like, all right, forget it. We're just going straight to Toy Story World. So we went to Toy Story World. And of course, everybody's there because everything else in the whole park is, you know, not working. And so everybody at Hollywood Studios that day is in Toy Story World. And everybody, of course, is riding the rides. And so we're like, all right, well, we're going to wait in line. Like, let's make it a good one. And so we sit in line for like 90 more minutes at the, at the hot, you know, sweaty ride just to do this picture right here. Slinky Dog. Right? Now, let me tell you, it was a rough morning, right, to get to Slinky Dog, right? And to get on Sleeky Dog was even rougher, right? But what, once we finally got there, we finally got in, and we got in our seats, and you looked over at the kids, and you could see the, the fun was starting to happen, right? And then it sort of takes off, right? And it starts moving, and you know, it doesn't go super fast at first, but it makes you, shoots you out a little bit, and you kind of go up the hill, and to see their eyes get big, and then we start going down the hill, and the laughter, right? They'll just go and you're like, finally. <laughs> right? It was like the quest to have Oh, that was such a thing, but like to make Disney World actually a fun place was actually a, a big effort for Kelly and I on that first day. Well, to fast forward the story, we kept watching the app and things just kind of kept popping up and working, right? Start working again. And so, lo and behold, I guess enough people got mad and left that day or something or whatever, but the park started getting less people. And so, when stuff started to open up, the lines weren't that long. So, we actually got to go ride Mickey's Runaway Rail Ray. We got to go see the Frozen show. We got to go do this and go do that and whatever, all these things. And the only one that I was worried about was the rise of the resistance because it was counting down in the hour, you know, it, it was going through the boarding groups and I'm sitting there looking at it and it's, you know, three hours left and it's like six o'clock at night and the place closes at nine. We're like, Kenzie, I don't know if it's gonna happen. Don't know if it's gonna happen. And I'm so excited and all this stuff and finally we get down and I mean, the park is literally closed, like about to just do the fireworks and everything and the boarding group gets called. And so me and Kenzie jump on the ride and we go, we do it. She comes away, she goes, Right, she was so excited and got to have a special time with Daddy. And lo and behold, after the whole entire thing of having all these setbacks, pretty much we got to do everything that we wanted to do in the first place. But of course, it took a bunch of effort, and it was a quest that day in that moment. Now, I share all that not just to share my experiences with Disney, although it's been fun sharing those, of course, and reliving those, because you pay all that money, and then you don't, you know, it's fun to tell people about it, want you to do all the fun stuff, and come back and tell. But really, I tell you that because, you know, our own journey of recreating this world and creating all the goodness once again, it's gonna have setbacks. It's gonna have things that don't go as planned. It's gonna have antagonists that fight the goodness that you're trying to start. It's gonna have stuff that just simply breaks or lines that cues that never move forward. And we have to be ready to persevere. Now Genesis chapter one and two are such a, a cool thing that, you know, when you look at them, it's kind of interesting looking at these two stories, but 
it, it's, it's kind of cool to look at them because they're different in some ways, in some ways they're not, and, and the, the kind of relation between them is debated between scholars. But as it's simply, we have to just stop and pause here because there's something gonna happen in our world that's really neat that I wonder what the future holds. But when you think about science and you think about creation of the world, there's kind of a story of the Big Bang and all that that's kind of out there right now, right? And that's kind of what science really puts forward, which is really cool, maybe you're into it, you're not, who knows, some people are, are different ways on that and different thoughts on that, how it relates to Genesis chapter one and two. But what's really cool is NASA is about to put the James Webb Telescope out into space. Now I say that, not in orbit of the Earth, but actually it's going out into our solar system. And if you haven't heard about the James Webb Telescope, it's gonna be launching hopefully here in November. It's gonna basically replace Hubble. We're gonna keep Hubble going as long as we can, but it's like Hubble on like souped up Superman Hubble spacecraft. So you know all those pictures that Hubble sends in, you're like looking at like star galaxies being formed and nebula, and all this stuff. It's really crazy, our quasars, or like all these cool things. Imagine that, but way better. Like they were talking, I was listening to the radio this week and they were talking about like, the, 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 just the mirror itself is like twice as big, which we calculate like, you know, hundreds of times the magnification power, not just right. huge. And they're talking about like all the instruments it's gonna have and that, you know, Hubble wasn't designed to do half the stuff we have it doing nowadays. This one is. So like the search for exoplanets and other solar systems is gonna be something that we can do now. Even other galaxies possibly with this telescope. And in fact, this telescope is so powerful, they think that assuming that like the Big Bang is real, years of when the Big Bang happened. And when you think the universe is like billions of years old, that's really cool, right? <laughs> and who knows what we're going to discover, but I was listening to some scientists talk about it. They said, you know, you don't know what you don't know, and there's always surprises. And they said, you know, we have all this good data, but the simple truth is what we may learn may blow everything we know, may be rewritten. And what's really cool is humanity, we're right on the edge of all these observations that we were never able to right around the corner. I mean, it's, it's gonna happen really soon. And so, uh, you know, as this whole, uh, you think about just the beginning of the worlds and the universe and all this stuff, who knows what we're gonna learn in the future here and what is gonna be treated differently and, and all different stuff that we even know here and now. And so I say that because a lot of people get caught up with Genesis 1 and 2 and just the creation account and does it fit with science and all that stuff. And the truth is, science is always being re rewritten. You never know. Don't, don't take a hard stance on that. Don't get firm into it. Don't get opposed to it, if you will, in a sense, because it's always changing. There's always a good conversation that can happen there. But even so, even with all of that, the point of creation stories in Genesis 1 and 2 may surprise you. The scripture really cares a lot less about how the actual earth and heavens were created. And it cares a whole lot more that you know who this God is and how this God relates to creation and how you relate to that God and how you relate to each other. That's its primary goal. Never known that. If you read it through and you really kind of dissect it, it's, it, it really wants to tell us that anything else in the story. What's so cool about that is that Genesis tells the story of God creating this world that is good. Remember Genesis 1? God saw it and then that sixth day he looks at it he says, this is very good. And the seventh day he just sits back, kicks back on his lounge chair to enjoy and relax and see it. But the second story, in Genesis 2, tells us about God interacting with humanity and how God has set up everything perfect. He basically said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Anything else, you can have it. But not this. And of course, we know the story, what happens next. The serpent comes along, tempts the woman, the woman tempts the 
man eats, and then they all go, oh, no, we're naked, right? And then they realize, they get knowledge, that they get understanding, that they don't have it truly the way God has it. They have it as men, the way that the humans have it, and they start and They start rushing to hide from God. Because God shows up, calls them out, and what ends up happening, right? The man goes, she did it, right? And then the woman goes, the snake did it, right? And then God goes, okay, you're all in trouble, right? <laughs> later, as, as somebody who has kids nowadays, I really enjoy that part of the story where they're all like, you did it, you did it, you did it. We know that story, right? That the curses of creation come because of the, the disobedience of God and then now the knowledge that's been passed on. And not only the knowledge, but the God-likeness, if you will, the quest to be like God from that temptation of that fruit that the humans, humanity, Adam and Eve, weren't content to just follow God and play, have their place. They wanted to be God-like. And so, of course, it ends with the creation being cursed, if you will, of having not only goodness, but also badness in it. And I love this story because it reminds us that in our world we encounter the bad things of this world. Guess what? It's normal. And it's been going on time and time and time again. In fact, in you and me lives not only goodness, but also sin and evil. And that God had a plan, of course, in the long run to do something with that. But nonetheless, the sin and the evil live inside us. And apart from the grace of God, we are cast out of Eden, just like Adam and Eve were, were sent out and blocked from ever getting back in. Now, there's a couple things that I really love that I want to point out about the story as we end here. Did you notice that God didn't leave them naked? And I've always thought about, you know, I've always wondered about this. Like, God could have gotten, like, you know, cotton, made some garments for him. But God actually says it made, he made them garments of skin. In other words, something was sacrificed that day for humanity to be clothed when they were sent out. There was a great gift that was given, even including a sacrifice that was made by God on that amount. And not only that, but when they left Eden, if you really think about it, the story should have ended there with God. God should have said, out, get out of my house, don't come back. And then the rest of humanity should have been left to her own devices for the rest of the world. And yet, the picture keeps going. And in fact, if you, look at, if you look at any Bible, you notice that this is here. And then this whole part is the rest of the story. Where God, even though we've been sent out of Eden, God says, oh, but that's not the end. I'm coming after you. And in fact, God was on a quest for each of us. You know, as we're here today, we realize that things didn't always go right in that story. In fact, we see God in some ways being, you know, banging his head up against the wall because the people don't do what he says. God is just getting angry with the people. God is wondering, what in the world do I have to do for you people? And of course, when Jesus Christ comes, even then, sometimes his followers don't get it right. But yet, God's work gets finished through Jesus Christ. And the creation story that we've been looking at is one of perseverance of God. And in fact, Eden, that tree of, of life and everlasting life, comes back in Revelation, where God actually brings back humanity into God's fold. It's an amazing story. and One that you and I can change our lives each and every moment. But part of who we're supposed to be, if our God 
spent page after page after page after page after page So likewise, called to persevere in our own time. So likewise, are we called to create, to speak, even when things don't go right, even with the setbacks, even with the people opposing us, even with the stuff breaking, even with the world going awry, we're called to persevere, to do what we can, and to do it until God comes and brings finality to it. Let us pray. Lord, as we're here today, we thank you so much for your word. And as we do think about those last chapter, that last few words, verses of the Garden of Eden story, God, we see that you were willing to make a sacrifice and gift to humanity, even when we had fallen. And of course, Lord, as we think about that story, that you should have been done with us, and yet it was just the beginning of the whole scripture story that we know. Lord, as we're here, we give you glory and thanks for God. You did not abandon us. And even though there were consequences that came our way, and we face those consequences even here today, and even in our own life, we feel that battle of goodness and evil within us, and the constant lure of temptation and sin. Yet, God, you are not done with us. And so, God, just like you who persevere throughout the history of this world and in our own lives, so, God, we choose to pick ourselves up once again and through your power speak into this world and speak for your goodness. We pray all this in Jesus' name.